0: Hello and welcome to our Sunset Stories podcast, tonight featuring special guest Isaac, reading one of his favorite books from the I Survived series. I Survived, the San Francisco Earthquake, Chapter One. The sky was still dark when the ground began to shake. Most people in San Francisco San Francisco were still sleeping. Just a few were awake. Shopkeepers arranged their stores getting ready for the day. Carriage drivers fed their horses. Newsboys ran down the sidewalk to pick up their newspapers to sell. An 11-year-old, Leo Ross, was in a broken-down building on a high on high on Rincon Hill when the rumbling started. Leo thought it might be thunder. He had no idea that deep below the city, two gigantic pieces of earth were pushing past each other. Towers, were full shocks, exploded up through the underground layers of dirt and rock across the city. All across the city, streets ripped open, buildings swayed, walls crumbled, and Houses came crashing down, broken glass, hunks of wood, and piles of bricks tumbled into the streets. Leo stood in shock as the floor beneath him rose and fell like ocean waves. Hunks of plaster hit him on the head, windows shattered, spraying glass all around. He tried to scream, but but his throat was covered with dust. He wanted to run, but he couldn't even stand the shaking was too hard. And then there was a sound like an explosion. The ceiling above his head burst open. A brick hit him smack on the head. And then another thud hit him in the shoulder. Crash, dozens of bricks pounded down. Leo fell to the floor and curled into a ball. The bricks kept coming raining down. He couldn't see, he couldn't breathe. Soon he wouldn't soon he would be buried alive. Chapter 2 President Roosevelt is coming to town, Leo shouted. Read all about it. Leo was standing on his corner selling that morning's newspaper. The sidewalk sidewalk was crowded with men rushing to work. They barely slowed down as they handed Leo their nickels and grabbed their newspapers from his hands it was barely seven in the morning and leo had sold almost all of his papers he jingled his pockets which were heavy with coins he thought about the fresh roll he'd buy for his breakfast and maybe even some cold milk to wash it down with he smiled to himself papa would have been proud of him leo patted his right hand trouser pocket and felt the gold nugget that he always kept with him It didn't look like much, kind of a chewed up yellow rock, but it was worth a fortune, Leo knew. Probably could get more money for it than he had earned in months of selling his papers. Uh, But he'd rather sell his heart than this gold nugget. Leo's grandfather had found it in a riverbed east of here during the gold rush. He'd handed it down to Papa, who had carried it with him everywhere. Grandpop got sick and died before Leo was born, but Papa kept him alive through the stories he'd tell to Leo. Each night when Papa was putting Leo to bed, he'd take out the gold nugget and Leo would hold it in his hand as Papa told tales of Grandpa's adventures across um, America. All alone in a creaky old wagon, almost getting eaten by a giant grizzly in the Rocky Mountains, surviving a forest fire in the Sierras, living in San Francisco when it was just a bunch of rickety houses in the mud. You're just like your grandpa always said, I see it in your eyes, you've got his good look. Okay. You've got his guts. Something remarkable is going to happen to you. I can feel it, can't you? And the way Papa would look at him with shining eyes, Leo did feel it. These past few months ever uh, since the fever took Papa away, there had been days when sadness surrounded Leo, a feeling as cold and gray as the the San Francisco fog. He'd feel scared and very alone. He'd miss Papa so bad his whole body would hurt. But then he would think of Grandpop, who made his way all the way from New Hampshire to California all by himself. When he was just 16 years old, he'd hear Pop with his voice in his mind bright and clear, telling him that he was lucky and brave. And that something remarkable was going to happen. Then Papa's voice was loud and clear in this on this sunny day. <sighs> or it was until Leo finished selling papers. He he was walking down an alley, cutting through the cutting through to Market Street. Somehow he didn't notice the two boys who had grabbed a bind. Next thing Leo knew, he'd been smashed against a brick wall, and blood was gushing out of his nose. Chapter 3. Hand it over. It's that a raspy voice? Leo didn't have to see the face to know who was talking. It was Fletch Sykes. The most brutal thief in the neighborhood. The other kid had to be Wyke Barnes. A giant of a boy who went everywhere. Fletch did. When Fletch was just five years old, Mm -hmm. the story... When he'd been attacked by a pack of stray dogs, he'd survived when one of the dogs had bitten his throat. The bite ruined his voice and turned Fletch vis- vig- vicious. Fletch and wyke j- didn't just steal food and pickpockets. Sometimes they'd beat kids up just for fun. A few months ago, they'd been caught by the police and sent to a work farm up north. Leo had heard a rumor that they had escaped. He'd heard that they were hiding in an old, abandoned saloon on Rickon Hill. And now here they were, back to their old, vicious tricks. You can take my money, Leo said, trying nuts. I sound as terrified as he felt. We don't want your money, Wyke said. The kid was a monster. He had to weigh almost 300 pounds. Was smooth... Chubby cheeks like a baby. Leo had shown him the gold nugget a few weeks ago. He must have blabbed about it to the kids on the street. And the story had gotten back to Fletch and Wike. Fletch pushed Leo's face harder into the wall. The bones of Leo's cheek felt like they would crack. Like the smell of an egg. I mean, like the shell of an egg. Take my money, Leo said again. I have more than a dollar. Take it all. We will, Fletch said with a rap- rasping voice. A rasping laugh. But we want the gold, too. Hand it over. There was voice voice in Leo's head. Leo knew there was no way he could fight these guys. No way to outrun them. Why could... Was the fastest kid in the neighborhood, that golden, been Papa's prized possession. Leo couldn't just give it up. No, Leo said, summoning all of his strength. He rolled around and broke free from Fletch's grip. He made it about three steps before White caught him by the back of the shirt and threw him onto the ground. Slam. Leo landed hard. Biting his tongue, handed over. Fletch shouted in his creepy, strangled voice. No, Leo yelled again. What happened next took only a minute. Wyke picked up Leo by his shirt, holding him in the air as Fletch emptied Leo's pockets. Then Wyke threw him into a pile of garbage. The two goons walked away laughing. Blood dribbled from Leo's mouth. His head throbbed. The worst was the searing pain from somewhere deep inside, like something had been ripped out of his, ripped out of him. His gold was gone. Chapter 4. Leo had no idea how much time passed, and he heard a voice. Then a voice calling his name woke him from his days. Papa? Leo? Leo Ross, where are you? (sighs) Leo groaned to himself. Morris, why did that kid constantly pester him? From the first day they'd met, Morris had acted like... They were long-lost brothers. They had both lived in the same boarding house. Leo, ha, uh, uh, by himself, in a tiny basement room. Morris upstairs with his uncle, a sweaty man with a huge stomach who yelled at the little girls when they played dolls. On the boarding house steps every day when Leo got home, Morris was waiting for him at the front door. The kid w- w- worked at a grocery grocery but he spent every spare second at the public library. He always had some new fact to share with Leo. Leo, do you know that the that rat lives under that lives under the front steps? Did you know its latin name is rattus rattus? Leo, did you know that this neighborhood used to be a swamp? They filled it in with garbage and old wood and then they built these buildings. Leo, did you know that the San Francisco library has a million books? In Leo's heart, he knew that Morris just wanted to be pals. But Leo didn't need any friends. He especially didn't need a friend like Morris. A skinny twerp who didn't know when to shut up. A kid that wouldn't. Uh, a kid that wouldn't do Leo any good. What Leo, Leo had been thinking when he showed—what Mo- had Leo been thinking when he showed Morris his gold? He thought back to when that to that night a few weeks ago when Leo had seen Morris sitting alone on the steps of the cigar store near their boarding house. At first, Leo figured he could sneak by and escape Morris for one day, but something was just wrong with the kid, and Leo just. Couldn't walk by without seeing what it was. It took Leo some time to get to Mor- Morris to spit out what's wrong that his uncle was hardly ever home, that he gambled all of his money away, including the few dimes a day Morris earned at the market. I have to get out of here, Morris said. My mom has cousins in New York City. I met them once. You'd love them, Leo. They're both teachers. They said I could go to their school. They always said I was welcome there anytime. Why don't you just go? Leo said. Then finally I could live in peace. How? I don't have the money to get on a train. My uncle laughs when I mention it. I'm trapped here. There was no cheering Morse up until Leo. Reached into his pockets and pull, took out his gold. He handed it to Morris, like Papa used to hand it to him. Leo's eye, Morris's eyes almost popped out of his head. Leo told him about Grandpop and how people laughed when he used to talk about one day crossing the wild country by himself. Of course, Leo knew that Morris was nothing like Grandpop, but the story worked like a charm. What Morris? What was Morris doing out on the streets looking? now he couldn't mind his own business for one day Morris was the reason he' lost his gold to Fleck, Fletch and wife the reason he he was lying bleeding in the alley Morris was the last person Leo wanted to see Leo kept quiet hoping that Morris wouldn't move along but but Morris kept at it suddenly were there what he was crouched down next to Leo. I've been looking everywhere for you," he, he said. It. I knew something must have happened. Morris took out handkerchief and started wiping away the cake, wiping the cake blood from Leo's face. Who, whoever did this to you? Morris fumed, I swear I'll get them. Leo would have laughed, but his jaw was too sore. It was Fletch Sykes and we- and White Barnes. Leo mumbled. They stole. They stole my gold. Morse gasped. "You were the only person that, who knew about it," Leo added. "I didn't flouted, tell Fletch Sykes about your gold," Morse said. "But you told someone, right?" Leo said. Moore's shoulders slumped. "I might have mentioned it to some of the kids at the market," he said. "It was such a great story, and I well really got it really got their attention." Leo shook his head. That the kid was so desperate for friends, he'd spilled. Leo's most important secret He should clobber him But no person Could look sorrier Than Morris looked now Leo sighed being mad at Being mad at Morris Wasn't going To get his gold back He let Morris help him up And stand up together They made their way back to the boarding house Morris jabbered the entire way I'm gonna help you get that gold back here He said as they stepped Through the front door it will be sold by tomorrow, Leo said. Morris found, I know. That's why we need to get it back tonight. We, Leo said. Now he had to laugh. Morris really thought he stood a chance next to Fletch and Wyke. <coughs> of course they won't just give it back, Morris said, ignoring those questions. We have to trick them somehow. Leo looked at Morris, and, then, and right then, Morris didn't look like... Sight- look like such a skinny twerp. There There was a look on his face, a thoughtful and stubborn kind of look that reminded Leo of the way President Roosevelt was had appeared on the front page of today's newspaper. The only thing missing was the bushy mustache. But what did Morris really know about the world? There were no books in the library about kids like Fletch and Wyke. Leo thanked Morris, and before Morris... Could say another word, where Leo hurried down his, to his tiny basement room, slamming the door behind him. Chapter 5 Leo sat down on the flea bitten horse blanket that he used as bed. He rubbed his sore jaw. His stomach grumbled. Re- the best thing he realized would be to close his eyes get to sleep and forget about this day. He, he closed his eyes, but he kept thinking about what Morris said. We could trick them. The words had wormed in their way, their way into his mind. Finally, Leo sat up and lit a candle. Maybe Morris was onto something. Of course, Leo couldn't make those two goons hand over the gold, but maybe there was a way to trick them. Like the way Grandpop had tricked the grizzly bear, Leo could hear Papa's voice now in his mind, telling the story. It was 1849, and Grandpop was only sixteen years old. Gold had been discovered in a stream bed uh, in northern California, and Grandpop was heading west to make his fortune. It had been a long, it had been a long tough journey. He'd been up, he'd been held up by bandits near St. Louis. He came this close to getting bitten by a four foot long rattlesnake in the Indian Territory. Finally he'd made it high into the Rocky Mountains. It was rough country but beautiful too, with streams as blue as the sky and fields of wild flowers that stretched out like rainbows. The sun was setting and Grandpop had made his camp and built his fire. He. Got up to fetch some wood for the night. He was coming near he was coming back over the hill when he saw an enormous bear three times the size of a man, Papa would say, stretching his arms up to the ceiling. The bear rose up and roared at Grandpop, bearing enormous teeth. Grandpop knew about the Rocky Mountain Grizzlies ran faster than mountain lions they could climb trees they could rip a person into shreds with a swipe of a paw grandpop could see the bear's claws ten black daggers glistening in the sun in the setting sun the bear stood there ready to attack all grandpop wanted to do was run but no one can outrun a grizzly they're too fast All travelers are told this, and yet most men can't help themselves. The urge to run is just too strong to resist, but Grandpop wasn't like other men. Every muscle in his body was ready to run. He planted his feet into the ground. Think, he told himself. Think. He couldn't escape from the grizzly bear. He couldn't kill the grizzly. His gun was in his tent. His only hope was to scare the grizzly away. But then, but how? Then Grandpa remembered the rattle. The rattle of the monster rattlesnake he'd killed in Pawnee Indian Island. The snake was as thick as Grandpa's leg. It's rattle was five inches long and that snake could have killed him. He had almost stepped on it when he was walking through tall plains grass hunting for rabbits. By the time Grandpa heard the rattling noise, the snake was cold and ready to strike. Without a thought, Grandpa had grabbed his knife from his belt and threw it. By some stroke, the blade landed in the center of the snake's head. The snake didn't die right away. It thrashed wildly its bodily coil around Grandpop's legs. Grandpop had to hit it with the handle of his rifle, and then the snake was dead. Grandpa cut off the rattle for good luck. Far from those tall grasses in the prairie, the grizzly bear snarled at Grandpa, inching closer, Grandpa put his hand in his pocket and started shaking the snake's rattle. The sound rose up around them. Grandpa hoped the grizzlies were afraid of rattlesnakes. He'd hope he could trick it into thinking that he was some kind of huge rattlesnake man, a fearsome monster. The bear looked around, and Grandpa could see the fear in, his eye, in its eyes. It let off one last roar and then scampered off. Now sitting on his flea bitten blanket, so Leo, uh, Leo realized that Morris was right, there might be a way to scare Fletch and Wyke, to trick them into giving back the gold, just like Grandpop had tricked the bear into running away, and sure enough, sometimes in the middle of the night, Leo had come up with a plan.